You're now tuning in to True Way Gaming Podcast, hosted by One Way Soldier. We answer your gaming-related questions and talk about gaming-related topics. Now available on major platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, and others. Helping you game with a better understanding. Hey, God bless you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of True Way Gaming. I'm your host, One Way Soldier, or... You call me Carl, and here on True Way Gaming, we answer your gaming-related questions and talk about your gaming-related topics. And on this episode of True Way Gaming, these last week was THQ's Nordic's 10th anniversary uh, celebration digital event, and then this week, which was yesterday, uh, was Nintendo's Direct. So on this episode, I'm going to be giving my thoughts and just pretty much a, a review of both events. Which is an exciting time. It's really cool that we had gaming events back to back. You know, THQ September seventeenth and the Nintendo Direct on the twenty third. Yeah, it was very exciting. And uh, yeah, I'm just gonna give review, over thoughts, uh, overall thoughts. Excuse me, <laughs> and even grade both events. And so, first one event I'm gonna be talking about. I mean, obviously, I'm gonna start with the shortest one, and that's gonna be the THQ Nordics event. It's half anniversary. Now, to be honest, I think I was even hyping it up in the last episode. I was hyping up, oh man, you know, they're going to have their first event. And THQ, they have so much IPs. It's going to be an, uh, um, like amazing, you know, and, and very exciting um, event. Can't wait to tune in and share with you on this episode. Um, well, last week I said that. Oh yeah, next week episode is going to be about this. And I'm just, I saw the event overall and it was Okay. <laughs> it was okay for me at best. And just because there's two games in particular, which I'm going to get to in a few moments here, that I'm very, very excited about. And then the rest, I'm just like, man, this... Without those two games, the event sucks. <laughs> you know? Uh, but to keep in mind, at the end of the event, they, THQ Nordic did say that they still have 28 games. Check that number real quick. Yes, 28 games that has not been announced it's unannounced games that they have um in development which is pretty cool but at the same time i'm like why weren't they announced here but anyway so (laughs) yeah i'll get to that a little bit later so i'm gonna start with the ones that were least interesting in my opinion i mean don't get me wrong listener like if you're interested in it? That's awesome. The two games I want to start out is the two strategy games at THQ Nordic. They, they pretty much announced uh, six games in this event. Six games. And some of them are, which I, I do admit, like, I mean, like two of them are long-awaited, like, remakes and then also uh, sequels. Um, so, yeah, one of those games... Well, actually, those are not... <laughs> excuse me, I'm getting a little ahead of myself here. So... Yeah, I'm just going to start with the two games here. So, Jag, Jagged Alliance 3. That is a real-time strategy game, a tactical strategy game. Uh, when I saw it, you know, it, it looks it looks all right. The graphics are cool. Um, I guess some of the characters, too, and the, weaponry, and the weapons in there looked really cool. But to be honest, like, I'm, I'm not a big fan of RTSs. I really am not. Like, I think I mentioned in a few episodes now, my favorite real-time strategy games has always been, like, Halo Wars. One and two, um, and I don't really think there was another RTS that I really played besides Halo Wars, uh, one and two, 
to my knowledge. Oh, Gears Tactics. There you go. That's one that I started playing, uh, you know, recently was Gears Tactics. So, you know, I, I guess I do like RTS technically, but I guess if only if it's with my favorite franchises, I guess, you know. And yeah, so Dragon Lines 3, I can't front. It, it, looking at the trailer, it did look interesting and it did look fun. I must admit, it did look fun. Um, but I wasn't like, oh yeah, you know, oh man, I gotta check this out kind of thing. It was more like, oh, that's nice, you know, uh, whoever's the fans of part one and two and they wanted a sequel for a long time, here you go, you know, that, that that's pretty much my, my thoughts on, on that game was like, oh, you know, it's awesome. Uh, for those who are big fans of it. And then the second game that's also RTS was Super Power 3. Super Power 3. Um, that's didn't show much to show the trailer. <laughs> uh, but it is confirmed. It's also a strategy game. Uh, I'm not sure. I mean, obviously it's a sequel. <laughs> but I guess whoever fans of 1 and 2, you know, they have something to look forward to. And then another game that... Um, the third game that got announced by THQ Nordic, is MX versus ATV Legends, which I think that is a highly popular uh, franchise, or, you know, the games overall, uh, the, the MX um, versus ATV. I know those couple of games on Xbox. I'm not sure if it was an Xbox One version um, of, a, of an entry or something. Um, you know, I'm not really into... The only kind of racing games I'm into is, like, Midnight Club, for example, uh, Need for Speed. Definitely the, the Need for Speed Heat, I, I loved. That one was really cool, the latest one that we had. Um, but yeah, but I'm not really, you know, other than that, I'm not like, a, oh, Dirt 3 was cool. I played it because, you know, it's on Game Pass and to experience 120 frames per second. Um, but over that, I'm not like, a, oh, man, I got to play every racing game, you know, there is. I mean, I love Mario Kart as well. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like MX versus ATV Legends. Uh, it was just another game that I was like, oh, okay. Like, you know, it didn't really cater to me, but fans, I know it is a popular franchise. And I even saw on Twitter, there was a lot of fans before the event started. A lot of fans did request this. Like, man, I hope we get to actually see a, a sequel to the franchise. I really hope we get to see, you know, um, see another game, you know. And sure enough, they delivered on that, which is pretty crazy. Um, cause I, I didn't know, like before, you know, doing research, like I said, I didn't know it was like that popular, you know, I was just like, what, like who asked for this <laughs> kind of thing? Uh, I'm just kidding. But, but yeah, it's popular and you know, it's a sequel coming out, which is really cool for fans are looking forward to it. And then the next one, um, the fourth game that, that was mentioned was announced as Outcast 2. And by the way, these games were announced in a particular order. They, in this particular order, I'm just pretty much expressing my least favorite to my, I guess, hype, two hype ones, really. It was only two ones that was hyped. Uh, two games, excuse me, that was hyped for. Uh, but Outcast 2, A New Beginning. Now, I remember playing Outcast, the first one, when it was free with games with gold. And I'm not too sure if that game was sort of like a remake or a remaster of the game. I, I think it released on PC as well, uh, to my knowledge. But fans that were... If there are fans of the first one, um, and they mu it must have made money, because I'm sure, I'm sure, they would have not approved this project if the first one did not make money, nor if it, there wasn't a demand for a sequel. I it must have, uh, but sure enough, we got part two to this. We didn't get any gameplay. Uh, these games we barely got gameplay. I think Jagged uh, Alliance. Uh, hopefully, I'm saying it right. Uh, three and then 
think they also have another game. It was like Rome, Expedited Rome or something like that. I forgot the name. That like those two had gameplay uh, video, so to speak, uh, for those games. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but yeah, but this game was just a CGI trailer, and yeah, and I don't even think it had a release date, if I'm not mistaken. But again, it's one of those things where if you're a fan of it, that's awesome. Now, the two games, games number five and number six, that I was really hyped for in this event, that I was like, oh man, like this show is coming. Well, SpongeBob closed this, the show, so yeah, yeah. But the two games that I'm hyped for is Destroy Humans 2, uh, Reprobe, and then SpongeBob the Cosmic Shake. Now, Destroy Humans, it's really cool that it's a game I played when I was a kid back on the original Xbox. And it's even backwards compatible now, and it's awesome. Playing on a Series X, you get to play an auto HDR, the original X, the original Xbox version. Uh, but then, it was remastered. Before it was remade, it was remastered on the PS4. On the PS4, you're able to, uh, well, it's pretty much a PlayStation 2 port, I do believe, on the PlayStation Store. But then there was a limited run games thing where uh, they made limited physical copies. And you could, you could play pretty much the PS2 version on the PS4. But it's cool then. Um, I do believe it was like back in 2019, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they remat- re- completely remade the first game. And that one, oh my goodness, they, it's beautiful. Beautiful. The, the graphics, I love the art style they went for it. They went more for a cartoony um, style game. you know, And, and um, it, it looks gorgeous. Just the, the environment, the details on uh, crypto and just the environment in general even when you shoot like lasers from the the ufo and stuff like seeing that and how they just redid everything graphically um and just it's awesome it's just straight up fun you know and it's, it's really cool and like when that when that was announced and then when they actually released the the full remake of this game I'm like oh man like because i, I really love games that released back on the original xbox ps2 ever the which i think will be because we're in the ninth gen now so the seventh gen, I do believe, yeah. Because then now me, well, no, the Xbox One and PS4 were eighth. Three sixty was um, and PS3 that was the the seventh, and then the the GameCube, PS2, etc. were the sixth gen. So games from sixth gen, in other words, to me it was like gaming at its prime, so to speak. You know, it, it, developers were not afraid. Um, to take risk, obviously we had no microtransactions of all the games. When you got a game, it was a complete game, and also just there was a lot of memorable games on those consoles. One of them for me was Destroy Humans. So when they released the remake of the first one, and I got I got to play it. I didn't beat it yet, unfortunately, uh, but it's it's amazing to go back and also to see the improvements, the technical improvements that they made with the game as well. And then now, but part two. I've never got to play. Part 2 did come out, I do believe, on the PS2. Um, I'm not sure on the original Xbox. Maybe on the original Xbox. Uh, but, it, it, you know, definitely was on the PS2. I never got to play it. So it's really awesome that they announced a complete remake of Part 2 from the ground up again. And it's awesome. That It really is awesome. Unfortunately, the trailer didn't show... The trailer was actually kind of cool. But it didn't show any gameplay in the trailer. It was just a CGI. So hopefully... and it, uh, they did also did not um, announce a release date for the game. 
but I hope that comes soon. And I hope we get to say, actually, I think they released some gameplay, if I'm not mistaken. I think some gameplay leaked, actually, before the event, if I'm not mistaken, which is confirmed that it's the remake of Part 2. So, But in other words, I'm excited for this, uh, for Destroy Humans 2. And then SpongeBob SquarePants, uh, um, the Cosmic Shake. The Cosmic Shake. Now, this is a brand new SpongeBob game. This is not a remake of anything. Like THQ, they remade um, SpongeBob Square, which I actually purchased day one. I, I wanted to play with my little sister. The SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom, Rehydrated. That was a great remake. It, the game was very colorful and um, very fun. And it, it was just awesome. You know, it's, it, I felt like a big kid playing with my little sister, you know, um, my nine year old sister. And to announce a brand new entry to the series, a brand new game, I hope it's good. And I hope it's fine, but it really is, especially the trailer. Oh my god, they put Sweet Fig 3. I was singing along literally the whole trailer, especially Mrs. Puff going all out. And then at the end, she just drops and like blows up a little bit, you know? Um, it, it was it was awesome. So I, I'm, I'm keeping my eyes on that one. I can't wait to see more gameplay when it releases, and or just even just a release date. But it's, it's, it's awesome that we're seeing games that were actually fun video games. Games that didn't take itself seriously, you know, being remade and or remastered, you know. And I mentioned in the last episode, one of those games were like uh, Stubbs the Zombie. They actually re-released, they remade it already, it's out. But then they're also releasing um, in October this year, 2021, um, they're releasing physical copies in October, late October. So that's really cool. And I, I plan to pick that up because I actually own the original Xbox version still. And it's cool that I get to pick it up for the Switch and or um, the Xbox One, etc. So I'm really excited about that. And that was pretty much the THQ event. And just two out of six games, I was like, oh, man, it's amazing. The rest, I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And to be honest, this was their first uh, digital event ever, THQ Nordic. To me, that is not rememberable <laughs> at all. It just... Those two games are technically for me, but overall, I'm like, okay, they made a digital event for these, you know. And, and don't get me wrong, EA this past E3, which I think in July, uh, um, I think in July, yeah, right, June, July, yeah. So in July, late July, E3, uh, EA, excuse me, had E3 uh, EA Play event, and they only showed off five games, I do believe. Um, in that or six games so I, I don't know if it's a trend with big companies i guess to go in that route uh, but thq nordic for the first event it was to me it was really below average you know those two games literally saved it me if i had to rate it between like a b c or d or f um i would rate this no lie uh, this event uh, a d I, I must be honest a d plus <laughs> you know so, yeah, that's my take on the THQ. Um, you know, what, what were some of your thoughts? I like to hear it. I like to see it. And, yeah, etc. And now moving on to... It was crazy because this episode was going to be strictly about the THQ Nordic event. But meaning that it was out of nowhere. Literally, I think I found out not even two days ago. I think a day ago. Um, well, before yesterday, I mean. Like Monday or Tuesday, I found out that Nintendo announced a Direct. That was going to happen on the 23rd, which was yesterday. And man, to me, they delivered. So they have a lot of games that they announced. 
And also a special announcement for me that I'm going to get to again in a few moments in this episode. But what I'm going to do here, since there's a lot of games, I'm going to tackle this games that I was least interested in first. And then I will talk about the remainder announcements that were, you know, cool and really caught my interest. So the first game I'm going to talk about for Nintendo Direct was Voice of Cards. It's a card game coming to Switch. You know, that's... Yay, you know? <laughs> I mean, the only card games I think I played... I don't I remember... I, I remember Mega Man. For the, for the Game Boy Advance, Mega Man, I think uh, Blue Moon is what I played. So that will probably be Mega Man 4, if I'm not mistaken. That one used, like, sort of a similar card battle system. You know? Well, you, you move to... Your, your battle on the stage, pretty much. And you move to different spots, but you had to use cards in order to um you know do certain moves you know shoot from a blaster a sword etc so that kind of style i like uh, kingdom hearts um chain of memories was cool they used the card system as well so i don't really knock on card games also Yu-Gi-Oh. i did play Yu-Gi-Oh years ago when i was really into Yu-Gi-Oh. um that, that was fun but besides those games i just mentioned and again those are years ago i card games i'm just like hey like to me i feel like the, and I guess anybody could say this with with anything with any genre. But I feel like the industry is sac- oversaturated, is flooded with card games, and also like top down RPGs or, or rather, um, saturated with uh, strategy games. I feel like there's so much strategy games, so much, especially in the Warhammer series alone. There's just so much RTSs, and I, I just get, like, when I see one one of those genres, card games, um, real-time strategies, and or top-down RPG, I guess, I'm just like, okay, I guess that's nice. You know, and I don't mean to sound so negative. I really, I really sincerely apologize. This is my opinion. You know, if you're into that thing and you love, you know, RPGs and top-down RPGs, card games, etc., that's awesome. That, that really is awesome. You know, it's... Everyone has their own flavor. For me, these are not. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. It's coming to the Switch. I guess Switch has another game. And then Disco, um, oh man, hopefully I say that. Disco Elysium, the final cut. That was, I, I can't front, that was interesting. I saw the gameplay at first. Um, it doesn't look action-packed to me. But overall, it, it looks it looked interesting. I did saw some of the combat there. I was like, oh, okay. You know, actually, I think, honestly, this is a game that I could have fun with. But I wasn't, like, exactly hyped for it. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what I have to really say about that. It, it looked interesting. And then the physical copies, I think, is gonna uh, for that game, is going to release next year, if I'm not mistaken. And then Disney uh, Magical World, uh, which is... Uh, I don't know if I should say remake or remaster of the Nintendo DS version, but it's it's coming out, uh, which is awesome. Which is awesome, and you get to, I guess you get to create your character or, or me, I guess, and then you get to meet and hang out with different Disney characters and etc. I'm not sure if it's like you actually go on an adventure or anything, but you know it's cool. I think it's a, a game that I actually will pick up for my younger younger sister. I think she would actually love that. So yeah. And then another, the fourth game was Shadowrun Trilogy. So it was crazy because the name Shadowrun, my birthday was back in September 12th. 
so earlier this month. And one game that actually, I went to a retro game store, and I actually picked up one game. Um, I, I picked up, wait, one, two, yeah, I walked out with two games, my bad. But one of the games was Shadowrun for the Xbox 360. The reason why I picked it up, it was because, one, I remember it was, it was one of the launch titles, and then it was only $3, $3, and I do believe um, you could still play online with that. Me, I was doing the training and all this stuff, so I haven't tried to you know, go into an online game and stuff. But actually, it was one of the first games on Xbox 360 that had done cross-play. You could actually play with, uh, you could cross-play with people that are on Window Vista um, on that game. So it, it was really cool. It's literally when cross-play was, like, first introduced, which is, uh, back then, mind-blowing, you know? So, yeah, I picked up for $3. So, and I, you know, to be honest, I think it's a good game. I think it's a good game. I was playing the training and stuff. I like the abilities. Um, the weapons, to me, like the shotgun, you know, they need to uh, buff that up and, and some other stuff. But overall, it's a good game. But in other words, Shadowrun Trilogy, um, it's it's like a top-down perspective kind of game. I, I do believe it's, it's a top-down shooter. Uh, not a twin-stick shooter, but a top-down shooter. And there's some story mode. To be honest, before... It being announced on Nintendo um, Nintendo Direct, I didn't even know there was a trilogy, <laughs> to be honest. So I definitely want to look into this and, you know, check out more of it, you know. But, yeah. And then uh, the the fifth game was, um, and Trace, was it, Arc Tracer uh, Resonance? Renas, Renascence or something. I hope I pronounced that right. Please forgive me, guys. I know. I need to go back to school or something. You know? <laughs> no, but, uh, yeah. So, Arc Tracer, The Rencinance. And that's a remake, actually, of a Super Nintendo game, I do believe. That's coming to the Switch, and it's out now. So, it was sort of like a surprise drop. And, yeah, it's awesome. People that are fans of that game on the Super Nintendo, they could pick up for the Nintendo Switch today. And I was looking at some of the gameplay, and it looks actually quite fun. It looks interesting. I do like that kind of style of games. It reminds me of something like Castlevania, in a sense. And, yeah, it looks cool. It looks really, really cool. And, yeah, so... And then another game that was announced, and this are more, you know, some of the exciting announcements for me, um, is Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. So that's coming out soon. So it's funny. I have not played Monster Hunter Rise my... Younger sister has it. I have yet to ask her if I could borrow the copy and play it. <laughs> so, um, but it's cool. They're getting a DLC for the Switch, and I hope it, it's awesome. I mean, that trailer looked crazy. Like that, that monster definitely looked crazy. Looked like something that does not belong in the world. <laughs> and um, I was a big fan of Monster Hunter World, and I think their DLCs was really good. Especially, I think they're still. Um, actually, no, I don't think so, because I think they released the Kumba. Akuma, excuse me, I said Akuma. Uh, Akuma uh, from Street Fighter was, I think, in Monster Hunter Rise. And then they are doing like a Mega Man crossover now, which is really cool. So actually, I'm very curious for Monster Hunter Rise. I actually want to sort of jump into that. Again, so, and the seventh game that, that I was really excited for they showed off was, I mean, it was already been announced. Actually, I spoke about it in my last episode. But again, every time I see it, I just get excited and I feel like a big kid. It's Mario Party Superstars. Um, they show the trailer again. It's launching um, in late October, and it's it's uh, 
just in case if you don't know, Mario Party Superstars. It's a remake of Mario Party 1, 2, and 3 for Nintendo uh, 64. So they're completely remaking the game. I do believe they brought over only the 100 best mini games from those three games. And there's only going to be five of the best stages across three games. So you're not going to have every stage from 1, 2, and 3, but you're going to have five stages that, that are the best from those three. To me, I'm like, man, are they being lazy? Uh, you, you know, like for me, they're going to charge 60 bucks. They're going to charge full price for this. Mario Party sells. So to only have five levels, and I'm sure they're going to add that as DLC, other other stages. But if they're remaking, remastering, excuse me, I'm remaking, I mean, sense, remastering three games, um, three classics, why not bring all the stages? And why not just bring all the minigames? Have it a, a major blowout. Sort of like what Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania is doing, where you're going to have over 300 levels, and this is a complete remake of uh, Super Monkey Ball 1, 2, and Monkey Ball Deluxe um, in one package, you know? So it's a little weird that I'm like, okay, why didn't it go that route? You know, it's a little strange for me. Uh, but overall, I love what I see, though, and it looks fun. And again, I love Super Mario Party. I, I still play that to this day. It's a lot of fun. So really excited about that. And then the the eighth announcement, excuse me, is Hyrule Warriors: Age of Calamity DLC. So the expansion two is coming out. They gave a release date on that, which is cool if you own the game and brought the season pass. Me, I've yet to get the game. Uh, to be honest, I'm waiting for that game to go on sale, which it has been. I think forty five dollars is as cheap as I've seen it. But me, yeah, I'm waiting for it to go cheaper. I don't know. I gotta get back into Legend of Zelda. Now, this game that I'm really excited for is Chocobo GP. Choco Chocobo GP. Legit, it's like final they might as well have called it Final Fantasy Kart. Because it looks and plays sort of like uh, Mario Kart 8, which is awesome. And I'm not saying that in a bad way at all. Uh, but the Chocobo GP literally is with Final Fantasy characters. You see the Chocobo, he's on like skate shoes with like, I guess like rockets in the back. Um, I, I do believe Cloud will be in it. Like Final Fantasy character is going to be in it. And to me, I, I love that. I love Mario Kart. I love, again, I, I, I do have a certain uh, franchises of racing games that I do love and dearly enjoy. And Chocobo GP just looks so much fun. It just looks so much fun. There's, there's online multiplayer, there's couch um, you know, multiplayer as well. And I do believe you get to... And there should be a big arsenal of characters there because it's from not just one Final Fantasy, but it, they're, it's... They're crossing all the Final Fantasies into one package, so to speak. And I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited and I, I love what I saw and I'm like, man, I need it now. You know, I really need it now. And I was like, oh man, you know, hopefully... It's funny because when the trailer came, I'm like, man, I hope this is coming out for the Xbox Series X, you know, and I get to play in 4K HDR... And then at the end, they're like, oh, yeah, exclusively on Nintendo Switch and I think mobile, if I'm not mistaken. So I was like, oh, okay, answer my question. <laughs> um, and, yeah, it just, it just looks fun. It looks awesome. You literally got to pick up a power-up and I guess you could shoot an opponent or something or I don't know. It's, it's I don't know. It's crazy. It's, it's awesome. So I'm really looking forward to that. So excited. I'm, I'm happy. That, that was, to me, that was a surprise announcement there. And then the next game on this list is... Or rather, they announced the DLC, and it's going to be, I feel kind of sad in a way, but they announced that they're going to 
on October 3rd or October 5th, one of those two dates, uh, Sakurai is going to do a last, the last Super Smash Brothers Ultimate character reveal, which is crazy. And the game has been released three years ago. It was released three years ago, and they are, that game has this flutter with characters, which is awesome. Uh, but they're going to show off uh, the last character, which is awesome. And I'm really hoping, you know, there's been a lot of demand. There's been a lot of demand for players, uh, people they want, like Sora from Kingdom Hearts. Excuse me. Uh, they want Master Chief in there, since we got Banjo-Kazooie, which is a Microsoft property. They want Master Chief in there. Uh, they, what else? There was, like, other two characters that they wanted. Um, it's fun. Well, yeah, they already brought a, a Tekken character that, that was really uh, in the man as well. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. I forgot. Yeah, to be honest, I forgot about the, the third and fourth one. I had them in my head, but it's like just left. But either way, I hope it's Sora and or Master Chief. If it's one of those two characters, I'll be happy. I hope it's not going to be another... Uh, nothing gets Chrono Blade. I have not played it. I want to play those games, but I hope it's, another, it's not another character from them. I hope they it's another crazy you know ip character you know um but i'm really excited it's awesome so they announced that and then they announced which i'm actually really hyped for because oh i want to get this out the way they also announced a second free update for mario golf where you get to actually play as the koomba which is really cool actually i do want to play that that looks fun that does look fun so if you're, you have mario golf and you're waiting for a free update there you go now it's time and then they, this game I was actually really hyped for. I'm like, oh snap, that's crazy. Because actually when they showed the trailer, the, the, the gameplay, it looked gorgeous. And actually, um, it, it's Kirby and the Forgotten Land. So a Cur- I play Kirby a lot with my younger sister. My sister, um, my, my, my nine-year-old sister, excuse me, I have three sisters. <laughs> the nine-year-old, she loves Kirby. Uh, she still plays to this day, Kirby Star Allies. We play that together time to time. Very fun, uh, 2D. We also played Love Playing the One from the Nintendo Wii. That one was really awesome, uh, which is, I do believe, Kirby Kirby uh, Dreamland, I think it is. Um, and then just, just Kirby in general we love. You know, even the Kirby, I think it's like a 25th anniversary kind of, or 20, I forgot what number, <laughs> to be honest, but it's like anniversary. Um, and also Kirby and the Rainbow uh, Curse. Um, I have that on the Wii U. Which is, I'm a big fan of Kirby. So when they show this, I'm like, oh snap, another Kirby game. And it's also staying away from a 2D style gameplay. It's actually going to be 3D, sort of like Mario Odyssey. So what they showed before, what they showed in the trailer, I mean, looks highly interesting. Looks great. It looks great. And literally, I'm super like excited to play it. Um, and I can't wait. I, I, they said next year, 2020, I think spring 2022. And I'm just like, oh man, like I want it now. You know, it looks so good to me. It looks, it looks fun. And, um, I can't wait to, to just watch my sister play that. And, or hopefully they show co-op too. Uh, they didn't give any details about that. Uh, cause usually Kirby games, they are cooperative. So hopefully this game would also be cooperative, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. And another thing they announced was Kotor. For Nintendo Switch. So not the remake that was shown on Sony's um, State of Play event. But they're literally porting over the original onto the Switch. Which is cool I guess. You know it was ported on mobile. 
yeah, iOS and, and Android, and now you guys play on Nintendo Switch, which is really cool. It's also backwards compatible on the original, um, excuse me, on the Xbox One and Xbox Series X. You get to play the Xbox One version of Kultur 1 and Kultur 2. So if you want to hunt down those copies, you could do that and play it on the Series X. Play them all on HDR and stuff and, and 4K. And or if you don't want that, you could just get the Switch version. So that's really nice. And, you get, and actually, it's really cool that it is coming to the Switch because, it's again, it's in a portable form. Even though it's on iOS, but to actually own the game and, and play it on in a portable factor, that is cool. That is nice. And another game that they announced was Triangle Strategy. I think before this game was shown as Project Triangle Strategy. Uh, they dropped Project and made it Triangle Strategy. And this game, to be honest, looks gorgeous. It reminds me of the old Final Fantasy games like uh, on, on a Game Boy Advance or something. And it just it looks fun. Just the, the art style for me is really appealing. The combat looks fun. I do love that take-turn battle. And... It just looks awesome, and I'm really excited about that. I'm really excited, and it's coming to Switch soon. It, it looks fun. Now, this is where things get weird for me. Because, because they, they announced Dying Light 2, right? And it was hilarious. I'm like, wait, what? Like, they're, they're pouring down the Switch? You know, like, man, like, what kind of techniques, techniques excuse me, that they need to used to make that run and it says the only two cloud version i'm like oh okay that explains it <laughs> because um man what is that game that i love this game too uh, a plague's tale yes a plague tale innocence on a Nintendo switch there's a cloud version i remember years ago resident evil 7 was available on the Nintendo switch but a cloud version um there was also control i think is available on the switch as well but it's the cloud version where you stream the game and not play it natively off the switch Again, the Nintendo, I think I addressed this on an earlier episode of True A Gaming, but the Nintendo Switch, I think, only has like two gigs of RAM that's actually usable to the developer. And, you know, it's not a lot. It's not a lot. Um, and to literally developers, I think it was like, for example, um, um, The Witcher 3, the developer spent a year alone, just a year alone, optimizing that game. To be playable on a Nintendo Switch, so downsizing, the compressing the files, downsizing it, you know, and, and doing a lot of, uh, of, um, yeah, just making it run a Switch for a whole year, which is crazy to think about, which is crazy, and you know, it's a problem. It's a problem. Uh, matter of fact, you could check out. Um, I love this guy, uh, Modern Vintage Gaming or Gamer. Uh, you can check him out. He's a developer for uh, Knife Style Studios. And he actually made a video about this because he develops games on a Switch. And sometimes it could be frustrating. Or even going forward, it was disappointing when the OLED Switch was announced. The OLED Switch, you know, nothing internally for the system changed. The only thing that changed is that instead of LCD, it's going to have an OLED screen. And it's going to be 7 inches and a smaller bezel. So you see more of the screen, which colors are going to look gorgeous. There's no um, internal software change for games to, defect, uh, to detect. Excuse me. Oh, you're playing this on OLED. Uh, just n naturally, games are going to look more gorgeous in terms of color depth. In terms of brightness, it's going to look better on OLED, which is awesome. But, they, you know, so they upgraded the screen, but they didn't update the hardware. 
And that's a problem because there is games uh, now. I mean, with the Xbox Series X and PS5 and just PC in general, there's legit on PC. There's games that you cannot play unless you have an SSD to run the game. Um, you need a fast memory to so so that the you know either you're playing an open world game the the game could load up faster, like the world, the detail, um, faster loading times, etc. So as games technically get more technically advanced for our current generation. The Switch is still, and it's always been like that with Nintendo, but the Switch is still behind. They announced a new revision, so to speak. Even with the dock, they changed some stuff, but nothing eternally with the system itself. So developers, instead of spending a year optimizing their game just to run on the Switch, um, it's sort of like what what um, uh, ID did or ID Software did with uh, Doom Eternal and Doom One on the Switch. You know, depending on the game, or, or depending on what engine developers have, you know, it's going to be very difficult to do that. So literally, developers are looking um, towards cloud versions of their games running on a Switch, so that way the Switch audience could play their game on a Switch. And to me, I don't. It's understandable why developers are looking towards that. That's literally if it's the only way for them to, you know, even financially wise, to really get their game on a Switch. So Nintendo people, you know, uh, customers on Nintendo uh, Nintendo could enjoy the game. You know, I do understand that's one way that they could immediately do um, is just put a cloud version. At the same time, for me, as you know me, I'm a collector, and when I make an investment in a game, when I buy a game, I always think about long term. So, um, yeah, and, and for example, that just in case you don't know, if this is your first time listening to me. Uh, for example, like Ninja Gaiden uh, Master Collection, right? It was released earlier this year in March. And they it was released for Xbox One, PS4, and Nintendo Switch. Um, so, But in North America, they announced that they were not going to do um, a physical copy. It's only digital. Uh, but me, I brought an Asia copy. I imported it. Because in the Asia copy, all three games are on one cartridge. Um, except for the English language. The English lang- language, you have to update your game in order to do that. So long term, that might be a little problem, unless I don't mind reading Japanese menus, I guess. But <laughs> um, but, but yeah, but, th- but that's the thing, though. Like, I brought a physical copy because in the future, one, I mean, it's the first time that Ninja Gaiden is, well, it's, it was on the Vita. Ninja Gaiden Sigma 1 and 2 was on the Vita. Um, so I can't really say that, but it's the first time that Ninja Gaiden 3 Razor's Edge is in a portable format. Um, but also, just I brought the, the Nintendo Switch version of those um, of those three games because it's preserved on a cartridge, and a cartridge could last a lifetime. You know, it could be preserved for uh, much more preserved than, uh, let's say, a Blu ray disc. Even though a Blu ray disc it, it could last also a lifetime as well, uh, especially compared to DVDs. A DVDs could last for a lifetime if you, it's well maintained, well taken care of, but you know, disc rot is a thing. And that is sort of random when you get a DVD. Uh, Blu ray, I do believe it's more preserved than, uh, much more preserved than, than a DVD, so it's not really a worry for a Blu ray. Uh, but then, you know, again, games on a cartridge, you never have to worry about that because games. Um, like Nintendo 64, the cartridge, you know, all you have to do, if there's some dirt on the, the I call it the teeth, on the, the thing that connects to the, the, the cartridge, the thing that connects the cartridge to the system, 
when you insert it into the 64, for example, you know, like 64 games are not going to die. Like they're always going to be preserved. They don't just, they don't, there's no cartridge rot or anything. The only way that it could be really damaged if you keep it in, I guess, in a heavy moist area and it's rusted and it's rusted to a point where no, the cartridge is no longer recognizable within the system or it can be recognized or read. Um, but other than that, um, a cartridge could be much more preserved than a disc. And so, my point of saying all this, I'm not getting off topic. <laughs> Probably thinking, okay, Carl, you're talking about something else. No, um, my point of bringing this up is that with this step, and specifically for the Nintendo Switch, but I don't want this to become a trend uh, with other platforms where games are streamed because, you know, 20, 20 years from now, you know, 30 years from now, Let's say every game it's being made and it's going to be streamed, you know, a cloud version of games, and you have to literally buy it in order to stream it. You know, like you, it doesn't preserve history, and, and that's why I don't like the the direction of the industry is going. You know, like I don't mind, and I think we are going to see options. Like for example, we still have Blu-ray discs, but yet the majority of people, at least in the U.S., they stream their content, like Netflix, Hulu, etc. But we don't, we, and I, th- I think we're never going to see Blu rays or 4K Blu rays go away because we're still seeing DVDs made for movies. So I'm pretty sure that's going to happen with gaming years from now. We are going to see probably the majority of things being cloud gaming and stuff, but I think we also might see companies like Limited Run Games and other companies rise up and, you know, there's going to be limiting publishing deals, limited publishing deals, oh my goodness, um, for these games. So that's that's why when I saw Dying Light 2, I understand the hardware can't handle it natively, uh, but you know, but you know, but the cloud version, I'm just like, eh, you know, stream the game. Why not just get it on another console? You know, or people that just don't have another console, they have a Switch. I get it. They could play the game, but they're gonna stream it. And to me, it's depending on their internet connection, it might not be a fluent experience. Oof, I know I said a lot, <laughs> uh, but what's really cool though is that Dying Light Platinum Edition, which is the first game, um, that's going to run natively on the Nintendo Switch, which is Dying Light 1 that released back in 2014, 15 on the Xbox One, PS4. And, but this game, you know, this the Platinum Edition includes all the DLC and it's going to be on the Switch. So that's really cool that we get to play the first one, in just case if you want to play the sequel, which is now releasing, I got delayed until February fourth you get to play the first game that started it all and you get to play it for the first time ever in a portable format and that's really dope i'm not sure if they're releasing a physical and if they did release a physical i hope they preserve it on a cartridge um but that, that's what i'm really interested in but but that's really cool I, I, I beat the first one and it's a it's a great game i highly recommend it if you didn't check it out highly recommend it uh, another game that they announced, Nintendo, is Metroid Dread, which I can't for it looks so dope. It looks cool. Now, granted, I prefer a first-person shooter uh, of Metro, not a 2D, but it just looks so good that I'm like, you know, what? I don't even mind it. It's like, you know, I'm still gonna, I still plan, I have plans to pick it up. I don't know when, but I still have plans to pick it up, and I, I hope it sells a lot. I hope it sells millions, because I think they were saying something like. Metro, I remember, I forgot where I looked it up necessarily. I know Spawn Wave, I think, mentioned something like that, uh, like this. But the Metroid series, 
is one of the lowest selling um, Nintendo IPs, so to speak. And Metroid Dread has caught such an attraction that so many players are now purchasing Metroid Fusion, uh, which is a Game Boy Advance game that released you know years ago. Uh, but you get to play the emulated version of that on the Wii U. So you can play on the big screen if you own a Wii U. And there was a, a rise of sales for that one uh, on the, the, the virtual game console for the Nintendo Wii U, which is really cool. And I hope that Metroid Dread sells millions to where they, you know, Nintendo or the company, they'll be like, you know what? Let's bring Metroid Prime Trilogy onto Nintendo Switch. Let's do it immediately. Or let's start remastering more of the earlier games and bring them, let's, let's bring a Samus collection, so to speak, for the Nintendo Switch, you know? So I hope that this sells well and we start to see more Metroid Prime games um, on Switch. I think that would be really awesome. And I'm not really a big fan of this. You know, please, you know, don't, don't, don't hate me, guys, you know. <laughs> the only uh, is Castlevania Advanced Collection. So Castlevania, the only game, Castlevania game I played was, I think, Castlevania Lord of Shadows back on Xbox 360. Rather, I played the demo. I didn't play the full game. Um, I liked what I played in the demo. It was pretty dope. The graphics were something, and I know it was a big change in the series. Because usually the series are is a 2D platformer. Um, but that game was full 3D action-adventure. Um, and, and also Hacky Slash, I think, which was really cool. So I think I do own it with Games of Gold. So I, actually, I might check it out. Um, but in other words... Oh, and also my brother and uh, my best friend, they used to play Castlevania Shadow of Despair back on the 360. So it's really cool that Castlevania Advanced Collection, it's going to be multiple games, remastered, and I think they're only putting a $20 price tag on it, um, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so if you're a Castlevania van, fan, excuse me, I said van, <laughs> uh, fan, hands down, you could get this, grab his collection, and... It's, it's an amazing value. I think it brings a, a lot of games. I forgot. I think, was it like four Was it four or six games? It brings a lot of games. So that was announced. And I thought, oh, okay, that's cool for people that are fans of the series. And I know people that are diehard fans, actually. I do have a, I know a couple of people that are diehard fans. And the next game that was announced uh, was Delta. I think it's called Delta Room, Chapter 2. And it's free, whoever owns the first one. That game was always interesting to me because it's an RPG experience. And when you get into a fight, for example, there's a whole bunch of mini games during combat. I know that sounds weird, but let's say if you do a special move, for example, of shooting a lightning bolt at a hostile, there will be a mini game that you would do in order for that move to hit accurately, um, which is it's pretty awesome. So um, I know it sounds weird, but I highly recommend checking out gameplay video. You see what I'm talking about. And it's awesome that finally there's a chapter two, and yeah, you get it for free if you own the first one. So that's that's exciting, and it's going to be on the Switch. Even more exciting because I do believe it released on the PC, um, and very late to the Switch. And then he showed off Splatoon three, which is, you know, forgive me, I haven't played part two or part one, but I've I've been so curious, I want to. Every time I want to buy it, they're still expensive, like still 50-something dollars. Those games, they look fun. I want them. Splatoon 3 even looks dope, and I love the fact that it's having a campaign as well. And then Bayonetta 3, I know it was announced back in 2000 and... Was it 17? I think it was 17. 
it's this game literally was announced years ago and they have shown nothing since. So it was really cool that this Nintendo Direct, they actually showed it for a second time, but they actually showed gameplay. And me, I haven't played the Bayonetta Be- Be- games, excuse me. Um, I actually do own the first one. I actually own the 25th anniversary of Platinum Games collection, which is uh, um, Vanquish bundled with Bayonetta. And they've been, re- they've been remade or sort of remastered in a sense. Uh, they touched up the graphic and stuff, and you can play them in 4K, etc. on the Xbox One. So I haven't played, I haven't touched actually part one, and obviously haven't been in part two, but there's a part three. Fans that are diehard fans are actually, you know, they showed gameplay and it looks great. It looks like, you know, Platinum Games, they always know what they're doing. It looks like a Platinum Games uh, kind of game, and it, it's really awesome that they gave an update on that, and it looks great on the Nintendo Switch. My concern is I hope they do enough polishing to make the frame rate stable. Because on the Switch, especially with games where there's a lot of action going on, just a quick example, like No More Heroes 3, the frame rate could dip. So I really hope that they nail the frame rate with Bayonetta 3. And in Platinum Games, they love putting six, uh, running, doing fast action games at 60 FPS, like Metal Gear Rising and many other games. So it's really cool that it was shown, and especially if you're a diehard fan, it's coming out soon. So that's cool. Now, my biggest, for me, the biggest announcement in the Nintendo Direct that was announced, and I literally, when this came on, I was screaming. I'm in a room by myself. I'm watching this. I'm like, oh! I was screaming for like maybe five minutes. Yes, my throat hurt. Was... That Nintendo announced a new, which makes complete sense. They announced a new price tier. And that Nintendo 64 and the Sega Genesis is going to be coming to the platform in late October. They didn't announce any pricing yet. Um, but I think right now for, for um, Nintendo Online, for a year membership is $20. Um, but... Or to have access, like I mentioned, to Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis, um, you have to pay another tier. There's a different uh, membership. So, um, yeah, so you have to, you, I think you could pay a small fee to upgrade. They didn't announce no pricing, but they said current Nintendo Online members, they could pay a fee or it's an upgrade to this new tier. And... They can have access to Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis. And what's really amazing beyond that is that Nintendo 64 games are going to be online compatible. So, for example, they showed off Star Fox 64. You get to play that online with friends now. You get to play... What was the other game? Oh, Mario Kart 64. That's online multiplayer now. So, it's really dope. And it was cool because I, I watched... um. I watched a, a, a YouTuber, a Spawn Wave, for example. He made a cool point, or, or rather, he made a cool suggestion that because one of the games that it's coming soon to the 64 and Nintendo Switch Online is Banjo Kazooie. Banjo Kazooie is now owned by Microsoft. They own that IP. So obviously, Microsoft gave the permission. Yeah, you could emulate your title, that our title, on the service. So what was really cool is that obviously they have some sort of partnership going on. And I really hope that this partnership will lead to 007 GoldenEye um, to be brought to 
Nintendo, um, you know, Nintendo 64. And not bought, be- well, Microsoft doesn't own, well, actually, well, yeah, because they, they own Rare, and that's Rare's IP, 007 GoldenEye. Yeah, I do believe that's Rare. So, yeah, so it's, it's really awesome that possibly we could see 007 GoldenEye reloaded for the 64, and if it comes onto the service, it will be online. Like, we could play online multiplayer. And that it will be a dream for a lot of people. That this is crazy to think about, because um, this classic, you know, couch co-op. People used to stay up, oh my goodness, past midnight, playing split screen, you know, battles and stuff like that for uh, for Double Seven Goldeneye and Perfect Dark. So if it were to come to the service, oh man, to play that online, like that, that's that will be a dream for a lot of people. And yeah, that's that's going to be awesome. That's just literally going to be awesome. And. If that were to happen, <laughs> which, you know, I'm, I don't know. This this sounds far-fetched, but this is what I want. If that were to happen, I want it to happen. So I hope it does. Pray it does. That will be amazing. But, again, I do believe earlier this year, it was leaked that um, Double Seven GoldenEye Remastered, the th- Xbox 360, it was going to be an Xbox 360 arcade game that was leaked back in February. And where you could download that game on the internet and download it on your PC and play it. Uh, people also managed to download that and actually download it onto their modded PCs. Um, which is really, really cool. I actually own that on my uh, modded 360. And I, I just, if that were to take place and this partnership were to happen, I really hope that we could see GoldenEye, the return of that remastered or that remake, excuse me, it was a, it was a complete remake. I hope we get to see that for the Xbox Series X. You know, I hope that they would not only port it to the Xbox Series X, the, the 360 arcade version they had developed years ago, but that would be dope if they could add ray tracing and make it even better, you know? And that would just be awesome. I know it's it's kind of, well, it's, it's like half and half. I know Nintendo, but wait, they're sort of competing, competing against our version on the Nintendo Switch Online kind of thing. But at the same time, you know, if Nintendo said, you know, sure, we will... Renew this license for this game, and, and Microsoft owns the IP. You know, it's and as a partnership, you know, they, they both could benefit from it. If Nintendo gets a cut of whatever copies they sold on that, I, I think that would be amazing. I think honestly, that would be. I want that to happen, and I could see it happening. And I know we're talking about Nintendo Switch here, but I hope that would just be something. One thing leads to another. That would be amazing. Um, and also, the Sega Genesis games look solid too. They, they're bringing that Castlevania, Castlevania game on there. And um, Sonic, of course, and a whole bunch of other games, which was completely unexpected, random, I might say. Uh, but again, me, the Nintendo 64, I was screaming. And I was really surprised that we didn't see Super Smash Bros. for Nintendo 64 on the service. I mean, we got Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, so I do understand it's not exactly a priority. But, I mean, come on, man. Nintendo, like, Super Smash Bros. for Nintendo 64 is a classic. You know, and I'm sure a lot of people love to play that online again. And, you know, how that game played very differently to what Ultimate plays, you know, compared to Ultimate. And it's really cool. And they, they, they announced a Win Back, uh, which is a Nintendo 64 game. I haven't played that. It looks cool. I want to play that on the service. Uh, what was it? Uh, oh, Yoshi Stories, which is cool to be able to play that with a Nintendo uh, Switch Pro Controller and or Joy-Cons. That, that's going to be fun. And just, oh my goodness, there's so much possible things. You know, I would love to see uh, 
I think it's called Body Harvest. I used to play back on the Nintendo 64. And uh, I think it's called Dual Heroes as well. I used to play. I would love to see that ported. Like, there's so many games on Nintendo 64 that I loved. And I would love to see it actually come to the Nintendo Switch uh, service now. And again, like even let's say, I, I doubt it's going to be this high. But let's say, right, a, a year Nintendo Switch online. And then the next tier is going to be double that. It's going to be $40. I wouldn't mind buy I wouldn't mind paying that. I wouldn't. And it, and plus it makes sense because porting the the NES and the Super Nintendo games and people are spending $20 on a year subscription. Awesome for us, but I'm sure Nintendo it gets you know, that that's a low income for them in terms of they're making a lot of money right now. Don't get me wrong, they're they're making billions. But to bring all those IPs um and, and emulate them to their service Costs a lot of money. Costs a lot. So with the addition of Nintendo 64 and Sega Genesis to bump up the price so that they could afford bringing these you know new licenses and IPs back on the service, that's I understand it. I'm like, hey, I I think twenty dollars is most that I will go to do any further than that. But right, listen, I love Nintendo 64, but not for fifty. You know that's just me. That's just me, and that's my opinion. And to be honest, and I think this would be my last point, like, with the Nintendo 64 coming, you know, to the service, which is awesome, since they're in, they're introducing a new price tier for this, one thing that I wanted is Nintendo to do is to pretty much offer uh, a free game a month. You know, like, I understand, they offer their membership cheap, you know, I understand, but now they're bumping up the price and you get access to the Nintendo 64 Sega Genesis, you know, what I can't help to feel a person, or let's say the average consumer, they own an Xbox, they own a Nintendo Switch, they pay for Xbox Live Gold, or uh, or PlayStation, whatever, uh, PlayStation Plus, and they get four games free every month, but, and they're paying for their membership. You know, it makes it worthwhile a little bit. And with Nintendo, you're paying to have access to play those games, but you can't keep them. You know, and I'm sure, yeah, people, you know, we have Xbox Game Pass. You're, you're, you're paying a subscription to have access to games that are not even going to be on the service forever, you know, except for Microsoft first party. And I, I do get that. But Nintendo, like, you know, when you compare Nintendo services to their competitors and not only you get access to multiplayer and, and stuff like that, but again, it would be nice to, you know, if they can't afford four games, you know, like. Come on, I know they're making billions. They could do, all right, you know, you we're offering a new tier. You have access to the Town 64 games, etc. And you know what? J- you, we'll, we'll give you a free game a month. A free NES game and a free the Town 64 game or something. You know, well, I know they would need to really bump out the 64 games. But, you know, a free Super Nintendo game that you get to keep is yours forever. Bam. You know, because Microsoft with Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, Ultimate uh, the Xbox Live Gold is included in that. And that's $15 a month. And you could buy a year of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. It's $100. <laughs> but for a year, you only not get Xbox Live Gold, and you get four games uh, free every month. Uh, two of them you get to keep permanently, the Xbox 360 games. Um, Xbox Ones, you only have access to them until your gold runs out. But then you also get Xbox Game Pass. And Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, you could also um, you have access to Project X Cloud. Like, there's such a value in that. Such a, a great value in that, and it makes it worth it. Oh, paying fifteen dollars a month, sure, or just you know, again, a hundred dollars a year, 
there's so much benefits that come with that, you know? So if Nintendo were to bump up their thing, and it's not confirmed yet, but let's say 40 bucks, you're paying just to have access to play multiplayer. Um, I think party chat as well. Have access to the 64 games, Sega Genesis, but then that's it. That's where it ends. You know? And I don't think it's unfair for me to compare them to, to Microsoft service or, or even what Sony's offering. I, I, I think it's not... I don't think I'm not being fair because Nintendo, they're selling so much and they're, they're like top of the charts every month. You know? And they, they could do it. I do believe they can do it. To me, I, I do believe that. And I think there is no excuse to why they're not. So that's what I would like to see. For them opening this new price tier... And then boom, just offer us a free game a month, you know? So minimum. And that's what I like to see. And overall, Nintendo's Direct, it, to me, because of the 64 thing, that was merely like, oh my goodness. But uh, a few, you know, other exciting announcements, um, the games I mentioned, it it was it was a cool Direct. It was really good. It was a lot of games shown, which more than six, that's for sure. And there was more, uh, a lot of them that I was just like, yo, oh, wow, I actually want to play that. Some I was like, eh, okay, yeah, that's cool. Uh, but there was a lot that I'm like, yo, I want to play that. I want to play that. I want to play that. And so, in other words, if I had to rate this direct between A to F, I'll give this direct an A. I'll give it an A. I was going to say B+, plus, but I mean, you know, it, it was good. It was good. I'll give it an A. I'll give it an A, um, which is pretty much a 90 out of 100. <laughs> and that's that's my rating. And I, I think it's cool. I think Nintendo, it, it wasn't whack. It was exciting. It was it was a decent length. And, I mean, come on. Compared to THQ, man. It was crazy. I was so disappointed at THQ. So disappointed. And to where they said, oh, yeah, and after this showcase, we still have 28 unannounced titles in development. They didn't show. They, they they only showed gameplay for like two or three games, and the rest was CGI trailers. Even then, the games that they showed, they showed a CGI. Why not show the other twenty eight games, but just release CGA, you know, CGI trailer? Because they they barely gave release dates as well, and I felt like they kind of just gone that route. But yeah, but that's just me. But anyway, so those are my thoughts and my my personal review on both uh, events. THQ, it was it was bad. I gave it a D. Nintendo Direct, I give it an A. It was really exciting. It had my interest, especially with not just one one announced particular had me screaming, but there was other ones. I was like, oh snap! Like very exciting. It was really cool. So I loved it. I loved it, and it was an exciting week or exciting day, I should say. Yesterday, um, you know, my weekend is set <laughs> because of this announcement. It had to put a big smile on my face. Um, the Nintendo Direct. And yeah, I would like to hear your thoughts. Do you agree with me? Do you disagree? What are some of your thoughts on it? If you had to give it a rating between, you know, 1 and 100, what would be your rating on Nintendo and THQ? Um, and yeah, I would love to hear your comments. You could, um, you know, send me a tweet at Twitter, you know, give me some of your thoughts, which I would link my Twitter to the description of this episode. And um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and, you know, I'll stay, you know, I'll I mean, to be honest, I gotta tweet more. But you will hear from me from there, and you, that's the way you could also another way you could send your message and/or questions, which it will be to my Twitter. You could do that as well, or if you just wanna have a chat. 
And um, yeah, and that will conclude this episode of True Gaming. Um, if you have any gaming related question and or topic that you want me to discuss here on the show, you can send an email, send your question to the email uh, twgpquestions at gmail.com. Make sure you write question in the subject bar and write uh, your name in the description. That way I could try properly address you here on the show. My goodness, I can't talk. <laughs> and, um, and yeah, and then my Twitter, don't forget to follow me. I'm on Twitter. And I'll, that's, I'll post any delays or anything that comes up or, um, or, or just, just show you what I'm thinking, I guess. <laughs> you could see me, follow me on Twitter and, and, um, you know, receive updates there as well. And then, yeah, and that's it for this episode, guys. So, God bless you guys. I love you. Jesus loves you. My name is One Way Soldier, and this is the end of my transmission. You.